This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello. Hi. Welcome back to Old Millennials, a deep dive on shallow topics from, well, in our this case, whenever we want, because this is a bonus Patreon episode. I am one of your hosts, Emily Beijing. And I am your other host, Margo Poupard. Today, we've got a lot to cover. It's just January for me. I don't know about you, Margo. It has just been, I mean, this happens almost every January, but especially these trying times, it's just like, Will it ever end? Like, as I'm looking at my phone, realizing it's only the 24th, there are still seven days of this saga uh, that has been a month of celebrity deaths, bombshells, and then all sorts of crazy tr- TV premieres. And finales, I'll have Oh, my God. Also yes. note. But I, it is always the longest month of the year. I'm always astounded. I think it's usually around this time, like, the between the 22nd and the 25th, I'm like, wow. It's still January, like the audacity, the sheer goopery. It is really almost too much to bear, but we only have like another week to go. And I'm just, I think also the lack of anything going on is kind of making it feel harder to breeze by, you know, like I can't believe the Super Bowl is fucking Valentine's Day weekend, which I I know know not everybody... cares about the Super Bowl. I don't really care. I mean, I care about the halftime show, but I don't really care about the Super Bowl either. But in my day, and I know you can tell grandma to go to bed if you want to, but in my day, it's like it always used to happen like around now. And so at least it'd be like that kind of like push that like reason to like care about anything other than like, oh, I like already broke all of my resolutions and I hate everybody and I need 12 vacations in the next month immediately at least there was something to kind of like rally around like even if it was just hating football you know so I'm kind of missing that but I understand there's obviously a surge but even before that I feel like I'm again becoming that old lady that's like everything just keeps getting later and later but I don't it's really for purely selfish reasons that I feel that way no I'm there with you I think for me this is the 
I always feel like winter daylight savings, all that stuff really will do it. Like do me wrong. Like the, when it first starts happening and I like cannot take how dark it is, but at least I'm like, Oh, at least it's kind of like the holiday season. Like there are pretty lights on the street and that kind of thing. And then January rolls along and, and it's just like the dark days are just taking it out of me. Uh, the only thing I have really is just like next month is my birthday month. And so it's always like a nice little welcome relief. And then there's like Valentine's day, like little, little things, but yeah, January really just, a just a month of nothingness. It's a really steep dive off the edge of the holidays, you know? Yes. It's like you need those first two weeks to stabilize in January. And then after that, you're like, oh, there's so much more of this. Yeah. I can't I can't believe that we're just expected to truck on. But here we are. And yet we continue. Uh, and just like that. It has been, I mean, going into this uh, season, like I just, it's been interesting. I don't even know if it, you call it a season because I don't think we still know if it's going to continue after this. Um, oh, are we getting into just like that? Should we also talk about what, what else we're going to cover throughout to prepare true. and or if you want to skip, I think we should probably start putting in time codes for some of these because in case you don't want anything to be spoiled for you. Yeah. So we're going to first and foremost be talking about and just like that, we're going to go into the Real Housewives of Miami, which I am a newbie to, but Margot came in with a high recommendation and it sure hasn't disappointed. Um, and then we're going to end with cheer and finally Beanie Mania. So if you are looking uh, to not have any spoilers, that is our order of episode. So with that, let's just get into and just like that. What are your initial thoughts, Margo? I mean, we talked about it last month. Um, at that point, we had seen, I think, four or five episodes. So now that we've seen almost every episode, I think we have two more left uh, before the finale. What, what are your thoughts? Well. I don't want to bash on it. That's I'm just going to say that up at the top. And I and I don't think that what I'm about to say is like crazy at all. But as each episode, especially after the infamous Hey, it's Che Diaz episode, I feel like every episode after that has been a little bit of not necessarily diminishing returns, but I feel like the cracks have shown more. And as much as I want a second season, only if it means that they can kind of hopefully build some sort of momentum that is kind of like lacking in this first season or whatever we're trying to call these mini series or I don't really even know how to even categorize this like I get that it's separate than Sex and the City so I'm trying not to hold it to the same standards but yeah it just feels like a lot of it is just not going anywhere that's kind of I guess what I'm trying to get at by saying that like since we've last checked in with the gals it feels like any sort of forward momentum that we have has sort of just been stalled for one reason or another and one thing that is really kind of frustrating me characters everything aside is that structurally like I just don't think the show is sound like mm -mm. even from like a timeline perspective it is truly all fucking over the place like let's just take time and maybe it's because I'm in like a pilot writing class right now where we are forced to think about these things and like actually work them through before we're allowed to continue am I really maybe kind of like putting too fine a point on this but in an outline like you're supposed to track like when stuff happens like later that day like the next day the next morning the next evening and it's like, I don't fucking know how much time I've, has passed since no Big died. No idea. And because if, we had, sorry, we had 
the hip replacement. So then it was three months after that. And then we had that little montage of her writing. And then that was maybe a year, maybe a season. Unclear. They never specify. And then when we cut to fucking Miranda and Che, it's been three months since Che and her have even talked. And then we cut to the Pride was it? I don't even like the ally rally. Like, I don't even know what the fuck that was. But then they've also been seeing each other for three weeks. I I like, where are we in time and space? No one has told us. No one has told us. I agree. I have no idea or no sort of like, uh, even like the weather, because it's clear they filmed this all in one swoop. There's no like indicator that this is a certain time of year or whatever. Like there's just well, nothing. They have that like Netflix lighting where like it always kind of looks like the same time of day all the time unless Carrie yes. is like in her super bright apartment or you know right. the, first, the only one that she bought right um the and then the other thing for me is like what you brought up earlier I think they just front loaded with a lot of plot uh within those first five episodes like there's just so much going on um pacing wise and then I feel like since then the plot it fell off a that, cliff it fell off a cliff And I don't find myself invested in these plot lines quite the way I was earlier on in the season. Like there was enough pacing for me to be like, oh, I'm anticipating what happens next. Like really, you know, as soon as I'm done with the episode, going to like watch the trailer for the next week's episode. Now I'm just like, you know, I I can take it or leave it. Like, again, I we've talked about this on this podcast before. I really appreciate, and I know you're a big fan of this too, and this is why you love The Housewives so much, seeing a show that portrays women in their 50s as complex characters and really puts them at the forefront and center of the narrative. But I feel like for how much they covered in of the first few episodes, now I just don't find myself invested into these mm-hmm. plot lines, especially when they opened up a lot for us in the beginning. Like, you and I have talked a lot about Charlotte and that one episode when she goes to um, LTW's house for the dinner party and she's talking about the art on the walls. And you and I are like, well, this opens up a nice plot point here for her to go back to her art gallery days. Um, yeah. And then several episodes in, it's just the same saga of her, like, Charlotte learning that the we've, you know, advanced in the world and Madame Alexander dolls are not great anymore and that your child can be non-binary. And, like, it just feels like there was so much set up for uh, all these characters. Charlotte, in particular, I just feel like has gone nowhere with this character. Like, there's little funny episodes here and there or moments, but... I feel like that's one they opened up possibility for and haven't really done much with. Even down to her friendship with LTW, who I Yeah, where is she? She just kind of disappeared. Like, she was so heavy in the first few episodes and now has just kind of disappeared, whereas, like, the other women's friendships with the new friends uh, have really progressed and and, and have developed the complicated characters. I would say Karen Pittman's character has not really progressed all that much. That's fair. She is very one note, and that's not the actor's fault at all it goes no. back kind of like to the script and like the structure of everything but i'm glad that you brought up housewives and portrayals of women in their 50s because obviously like this i really love that aspect of the show and one thing that it's definitely missing from the original sex and the city is it's so fucking grim like yeah. i'm so glad you said the housewives because they could really use some housewives energy right about now right like are you right. telling me that on salt lake city we just watched women in their late 40s and early 50s get so fucking plastered that they couldn't remember why they woke up in the beds that they woke up in and you're telling me that we have to be this doom and gloom it's just it just i refuse to believe that 
aging is this fucking depressing? Like, who did they talk to? My grandmother? Like, it is just the bleakest perspective when before the show was just like, just because I'm in my mid-30s or just because I'm in my 40s doesn't mean I can't be sexy, doesn't mean I can't have fun, doesn't mean I don't go out. And they've just turned them all into these old ladies. And that's fine. But we're the Golden Girls, as many people have pointed out, had more life to them than what's going on here. Like, I don't, it'd be funnier if Carrie dressed up like a babushka to smoke her little guilt cigarette once a day if Carrie was going out and turning it up all of the time, right? Like, seeing her like this is like, okay, I bet she just dresses like that. Like, I don't, it's not out of the realm of possibility. They've prematurely retired these women. And and it's other thing. They used to be so fucking cutting edge about women and what we do in our lives. And now it just feels so regressive. And one thing I will agree on, even though it pains me to agree with like with people who have highly negative things to say about the show. But I also feel like this isn't coming from the perspective, like there are none of these writers are the original writers of the show. And I think that's severely lacking. And I love Samantha Irby. I think she had the best episode. It was the, Hey, it's Che Diaz episode. She really did have the best one. So this has nothing to do with her, but like as a whole, in terms of like leadership, like I just feel like these stories aren't coming from women that are this age, because if they were, then maybe it'd be, I'm not asking for like, like housewives cat fights but like at least some of like the light-hearted spirit of not i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Giving a shit about like how old you are you, and just still living your life and not living you, like you have one foot in the fucking grave. I know your husband died, but like Alexia has a fucking dead ex husband with a gay lover. She's still fucking thriving. Like, what are we yes. doing here? Yes. And I think that'll be eventually like a nice transition into Miami that we're going to talk about. But yes, I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep no. like pitting them against each other, but it's just like, I just refuse to believe no, you're that right. like, you're this is what these women will be right. doing. I agree with you. I think there's a, a lost opportunity in another sense that if there were – when they brought back Susan Sharon for the funeral episode, I was actually kind of excited because I was like – you know, it was full on Dorinda, obviously. Yes. But one. But two, I was kind of excited about them bringing back little minor characters here and there because I think it did add these little elements of of humor and stuff, whereas right now I just feel like – the joke is just on these women about them aging. Like it's, it's, it's almost being played out like, you know, and I get it. They're older women. They have different challenges, but like, do we really need to like continue with this? The hip surgery, the like, you know, one thing after another, the, go ahead. Sorry. One of the, like one of the dropped plot points that would have, would absolutely make sense. And I don't understand why we didn't continue with this, but like Carrie having an iconic Instagram account and like, that's kind of her bag now. Like, 
why isn't that happening? Like, why are we right. acting like they're trying to decipher TikToks and like Charlotte's quoting Demi Lovato from like six years ago? And I get it. You want them to be uh, tragically uncool and they can be in some ways like I don't know. We shouldn't be pitying them. And this is where I'm just like. Yes, thank you. Oh, my God. Yes. That's where I, and that's where I feel uh, that this show is taking this direction. It's just, uh, it feels like it's not even that we're poking fun at them here and there. I, 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 I do nothing now but pity them because they are that out, out of touch. And I don't think, I know they'd be out of touch here and there, but I don't think they would be to that extent. Let's not make them out to be dinosaurs. Like these are mm-hmm. women who lived in New York City for their entire adult lives. Like they are not exactly living and not to say, I don't want to use the term middle of nowhere, but I'm going to use it in this case. Like give them some fucking credit for God's sakes. Like they, they are going to know better. And that like, I, I believe I am all about, you know, addressing plots around aging and I, in the things that come with that. But the fact that every one of these women has to experience something tied to that during each episode is really says to me, like what you said earlier, which is that while I'm so happy to see a breath of fresh air in the writer's room, um, I also wonder if this is a show that could have really benefited from having older women writers to speak to the actual plot points and to not not, and to make sure that this is, you may poke fun here and there, but doesn't become something where we're like pitying them. It's like, doesn't Gina Davis have a lab for women over 40? Like get some people from there. And yes. if you're so worried about diversity, like you shouldn't be so worried about diversity that you forget about age diversity as well. Yes. Yes. But I, I really agree with you that I don't, they don't even learn a lesson about aging. It's like they used to learn lessons about sex and dating and love. They don't even learn the lesson. They just get embarrassed. And I understand that embarrassment kind of comes hand in hand with learning a lesson, but they don't learn the lesson. No. And I think there is no greater example of that. And I think that she's driving all the story, you know, so to like to put it into Bravo terms. But Miranda is like, there is no person who does not learn the lesson more. I, I was, I really thought that like the lowest base argument about and just like that was like, and what happened to the men? Cause it's like, okay, who gives a shit about the men? Like who, like, I understand that they're, you know, they've been a part of the fabric, but like, let's just let the show unfold. But now when they bring back the men to do Steve dirty, the fucking so way they've been doing Steve, dirty. they basically made him fucking grandpa Simpson. I am incensed. I am that incensed. scene in the fucking farmer's market, this man took time off of Chicago PD or fire or whatever fucking show that pays him very well. Now that he's not on sex in the city, he took time away from that to fucking be embarrassed by this like improv scene about oh rutabagas and tomatoes. Tomatoes, and, and just then like, set him up for Alzheimer's like seriously but I don't even think they're look I just read a book about memory I don't think they're setting him up for Alzheimer's I think they want you to think that because they want you to really hate Miranda and I I didn't really need that much help doing it because the callous way she asks him for a divorce is so flippant and so fucking disrespectful I was like it is embarrassing and like pitiful that you like i genuinely feel like carrie in that scene where big fights the dude that she's on a date with and they fall over into the water she's like you're middle age like that's what i want to fucking yell at miranda right now the way that you're blowing up your life for someone who does not fuck like three weeks you're saying i love you to three weeks are you out of your fucking mind you are 55 fucking years old if my mom did this shit oh my god i i'm yelling at you like this because i love you like this is insane it is insane that she's going to throw her entire life away for a fuck NB because, like, I feel like that we can say that. But, like, it's just one of those things. I, I feel like... Ah. 
They're also aggressively unfunny. Like, stop laughing at these horrible non-jokes. No, I'm so over this. I'm so over it. And the other thing is, stop gaslighting me. They trivialize what has been a, a, a several decades long relationship and marriage yeah. where a kid was involved. Like, this isn't exactly like a, you know, we've been married for two years. I'm leaving, you know. They gave Samantha and Smith Jared a more decent breakup in the fucking movie than they gave Stephen <laughs> Miranda, who have been together at this point for 20 fucking years plus. What does that say? What does that say? I, I was. I was really upset by that breakup. Like, not in the, like, crying because it's, a, like, she was so casually cruel. And when, yes. he, when he goes to, like, put in his little hearing aid, Sean's like, oh, oh buddy, my- oh, buddy, don't do that. <laughs> and and <laughs> I think the shittiest thing, too, is that she didn't even give him a chance. Like, I guarantee you, if you told Steve, I want to have an open marriage, you're like, whatever makes you happy. Like, he wouldn't care. He loves her. No. And the way that he they did him dirty like that. And Miranda, they truly are making her look like a fucking clown out here. Like, a goddamn fool. And it really... I was telling Sean earlier, like, the show, if anything, has really given me a greater appreciation of the core three's acting abilities. Because they can really polish a turd of a scene and a line yes. like nobody else. Because you really can't, you really see some of these other characters. And even Sarah Ramirez, they're doing an amazing job. Because some of this stuff wouldn't fly with like a lesser actor. And they're no. they're crushing it. And they really are kind of like a great villain. And I feel like they know that they're the villain. And they really kind of like lean into that. So I appreciate it. But I, I really, on a deeper level, respect Miranda. Um, oh my God, I'm drawing Cynthia Nixon. Yeah, for being able to take that material. Yes, and really kind of like infuse it with somebody who's truly going through something. Because I don't think I think if she brought anything less to the performance, it wouldn't. It, it wouldn't. wouldn't it wouldn't even. You'd throw it, your fucking yeah. TV. Like you'd be so fucking angry. So angry because they both up- do great work in that breakup scene, and it 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 really is a turd of a fucking scene. It, it I is. both of those characters deserve so much more, and I just feel like. Oh, what are we doing? Well, and I, for me, it was just like, you know, I know that like some people don't like to take the movies as canon, but like, uh, you know, the scene at the end of the movie where, uh, you know, Steve and Miranda reconcile after Steve has the affair and they go see a counsel, like uh, they go see a therapist and all that stuff. Like there's just so much there in that scene that I really loved and like really saw, you know, you saw a couple who was like, this isn't perfect, but we're going to try to make it work. And it seems like the tables have flipped in this instance. And I just don't believe there is a world in which like Miranda and Steve wouldn't have tried to you know, make it work or you talked about an open relationship or whatever. It's just like, you're right. The material is not great. And it's th- and it's a testament to these actors that it could be any, like any shed of possibility of it being okay. And it's, that actually is the reason why I think why I hated the morning show it, or disliked oh. the morning show. I, oh, let's so not I even like, go down this no, dark so road. I we don't have the time, thing. Emily. I know. I'll, I'll leave it at this, which is just that, thank God we had good actors on the morning show because the material yes. was not great. The acting was fabulous in that they took what they could out of that. Anyway, but I think that at this point, really the I'm I'm interested to see what's going to happen in these last two episodes. The preview for next week has me believing that this trip, Miranda's decision to go fly to Cleveland is not going to go as she oh, is. Oh, is it not going to go well? Like I, I really, when she showed up at Che's job and was like, I love you. I about slithered out of my seat because I was like, you are middle-aged. What are you talking about? 
you're you love an orgasm you do not love this person no this person is not going to make you happy and the way that steve like oh so quietly devastating was like i can't rally again for us and i was just like oh and the whole because her whole like oh this isn't enough speech like yeah she has literally given the speech before and it's fucked up and it's really mean and i really i feel like that's not how she would honor their relationship if she was going to actually end it this feels like a moment of hysteria i'm not saying her queerness is a moment of hysteria i just mean the way that she's ending this relationship and what she thinks she's doing is hysteria nothing good has ever come out of randomly flying to fucking cleveland i know that much that's for sure and that was a preview of some of the content that you can expect to listen to and sometimes read when you become a Patreon subscriber. Thank you so much for listening to our little fun preview. We have a couple more that we're going to drop in the next couple of weeks to entice you on over. If you if that did it and say no more, then great. You can go over to Patreon at Old Millennials Pod. And when you donate $5 a month, you get two pieces of bonus content every month. Sometimes it's an episode. Sometimes it's a newsletter. We're going to branch out and try some different kinds of content. And don't you want to come on that ride with us? I sure do. See, Emily is down. We're both going to be there. It's going to be really fun. (laughs) So sometimes we're going to talk about what we're watching, what's on streaming, what's worth your time, what's not. We are also talking about and entertaining the idea of possibly doing some deep dive on minor celebrity scandals because emily has a lot to say about caroline calloway so much we may come from the same hometown but we have lived very very different lives so if all of that sounds good to you head over to patreon at the old millennials pod and hit subscribe and if you don't that's great too you know what you can also help us out by leaving a five star review because spotify also lets you rate us so wouldn't it be great you don't even have to write anything you just like hit the five star button and you just walk that's away it. that's yeah, it that's all you gotta do So either way, we appreciate you taking time out, giving us a listen, and we will see you soon with a new season and some fun, more bonus Patreon episodes very shortly. But bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.